0: This, bear with me I'm going to talk about that at the beginning then I'm going to share prophecy uh, and this is not rebuke this church night I don't want you to feel like that I love you dearly I really do but if I don't say that up front you'll think boy he was hot mad no I'm not hot man I just don't want to bury you yeah, to yes, and not over the virus but over your your nasty attitude with somebody you don't like or you don't like what they said you don't like what they printed you don't like what they said to you personally and I mean you think I'm out of control the guy that's out of control was the guy that was the security guard at a dollar general store or something low level like that and he said you're supposed to have a mass and the guy pulled out a gun and killed him he had eight children now that's radical how many know that's way out there so don't act like I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm just the little part that I felt and I felt this coming and I'll try not to get too too far prophetic with you I don't know but anyway, let's go to 1 Timothy 4 and look at something here. Just, so we're going to take this first part and deal with this attitude that we always got to speak our mind. We always got to give our two cents. We always got to give our side of it. Who told you that? And probably a lot of people are already in trouble because you gave your two cents and you gave your opinion. And it's just continued to eat you up because you're in strife with somebody. And I'm going to show you that in a minute. I, I'm not out to get you. I'm out to deliver you. And, and, you know, let's just realize, you know, I am a prophet. Yes. I don't have to say that. If you, if you know me well enough and know who I am and what I do, you would realize that's in me. I wouldn't even need to say it. But I'm saying it because I'm going to read the Scripture. First Timothy 4.14, Neglect not the gift, and in my case that's the gift of the prophet to the body of Christ, And I'm particularly, you know, committed and submitted here in the sense that this is home base for me. And I plan to, you know, be here the rest of my life. Neglect not the gift that's in you, he told Timothy, and I'm using it for me, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the Presbytery. I didn't have a big group pray for me, but Dr. Frang laid hands on me and called me a prophet in Kuwait, you know, in 2000, I think, in four. Meditate upon these things and give yourself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed to yourself. He's still talking to Timothy about this gift that's in him. So I'm taking it as a personal thing, the gift of the prophet in me. Take heed to myself and unto the doctrine or the teaching that I give. Continue in them for in doing this, this is what I want you to see. Thou shalt save thyself or make you sound and those who hear you. So if you'll hear me tonight, not just hear me with your ears, but hear me with your heart, we could help save you. I don't mean save you to get to heaven. I mean save you on this planet so that the devil don't just, you know, eat your lunch, your dinner, and breakfast, and the whole thing. I'm not mad at anybody. I just want to bring a little avenue of correction so we can see this. Uh, And so we need to take a few minutes now. Now, Dr. Summerall said, The ear of faith hears what God says because it's listening to another world. So this, My son got into that this morning a little bit. If you're going to sit around and watch the news all the time, even the news are fighting with each other. <laughs> it's not just Republican, Democrat. It's just everybody's in a free-for-all. And, you know, it, it does make you grumpy to have to be quarantined for two months. I know. I've been there with with that. But I'm not going to fight with people. And I'm going to refrain from saying everything I'd like to say to to people because I know it's only going to be detrimental to me if I do that sometimes and so I just need to hold my peace. So we're talking here. Let's go over to Romans 14. And this is something that God just dealt with me about personally, about as I observe people. Uh, and there's a lot of great things coming out of people now for humanity. I don't know what you think about President Trump. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to push that down your throat. But he got the private sector involved in Praise God, some of them really stepped up. I'd never seen that happen before on that level. And they're still stepping up, and different people with companies and yada, yada. So, anyway, anyway, praise God. We're in Romans, Romans 14. I want to read some things over there. I've got my Passion Bible with me, which I'm going to use for some of this here. And uh, it says here, verse 1, this is a profound, from the uh, Passion Bible, Romans 14, 1. Uh, offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature. How many know that there's always going to be people that are weak in faith and immature in their faith because either they don't know much or they they didn't do what they should have done? But it says, you know, be careful with this. In the second part of verse 1 in the, in the Passion Bible, and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. <laughs> you know, I got over this a long time ago. I, I mean, I do, I do care, but I don't care what people think about me because there's no way I'm going to please everybody. As a human and as especially as a prophet, I mean, that is add extra stuff in the mix. For me, it has. You know, some people don't like me at all. So praise God. I'm not trying to stir, you know, stir up anybody, but I'm just showing you this. Don't, don't refuse to engage in debates with people over things and about opinions specifically. Okay, so it says here, let me read some more here. Let not him, that uh, for one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eats herbs. Let not him that eats despise him that eateth not. I'm back in the King Jimmy now. And let not him which eats not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or faileth, or falleth, yet he shall be holding up for God's able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. I read that twenty five years ago. I said, Well, I'm gonna esteem every day alike that it's a good day for me to win. It's a good day to me to use my faith. It's a good day to fight the good fight. That's pretty good, I thought. Anyway, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regards the day regards it unto the Lord, and he that regards not the day to the Lord, he does not regard it. He that eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. In other words, all through this whole letter, he's talking about don't be arguing over trivial things. How many understand what I'm saying? People can get so... And their opinion becomes a doctrine to them because that's the way they see it and that's the way they believe it. And bless God, you're not going to convince them otherwise. Don't be like that. Let's go to verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth God is acceptable to God and approved of men. Now that's a good thing to remember. In verse 19, let us therefore, this is to all of us tonight, a follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. We ought to look for things that make us peaceful with other people as best we can. Now, I'm not saying compromise everything you stand for, but let's not look for arguments. You'll find them. And everybody's got an opinion what they think you ought to do, what they think you shouldn't do, what you, you know, on and on it goes. But this, it's, it's, all of what I'm saying is it's the devil behind it all to get us all in strife. It don't matter if China did something or Saudi Arabia did something else or Iran does something. You know, the the devils just try to get us to be a hater and to get in strife and to be mean and ugly and hateful and say terrible things about other ethnic groups or whatevers. All right. So let's see here. It says, for meat, verse 20, destroy not the work of God, all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Have you faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eats not of faith for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. In other words, whatever you do in life, do it in faith. But faith worketh by love. And if we're going to be contentious with everybody on every situation... I guarantee you there will be some people in heaven that got baptized a different way than I did and they're going to make it. And I'm certainly not going to argue with them up there. (laughs) How many are getting this? All right. Now, how do you know if you're in faith? Just give me a few minutes to get this out. I've been talking 11 minutes. I'm not going to take the whole time. Verse 13 of Romans 15, look at this verse. This is the clue to help you to know if you're in faith or not. I said not whether you think you're in faith or whether you're really in faith. This is the biblical account of what's going to be in your life if you really are in faith. You know, maybe somebody didn't come tonight. I'm not there. I can't talk to them. They're not even here because they were apprehensive or afraid. or. So. Hey, praise God, I'm not mad at them if they didn't come for that reason or for any other reason. I'm just thrilled that you're here. And hopefully others will come back eventually. You know, I'm not, see, see, quit trying to judge everybody from your level. Yeah. Yeah. See, he said everybody's going to stand before God in this. Go back and read it again, Romans 14, the whole chapter. Every man's going to give account of himself to God. I'm not going to give account for Anthony or Pastor Sonny or anybody. I'm going to give account for me. So you need to be careful about, you know, hurling things at people verbally and thinking you always have to have a comeback. I've had I've had people I've had people on staff that lived like that. Everything you said, they had a comeback. They had an addendum, had an argument. So so we had to let them go. Not just one either, several. Now the God of hope. I'm in Romans 15:13. I'm going to show you something. Now the God of hope. Hey, he's the God of hope. Man, Jordan blessed me this morning. I got really fed. I'm trying to teach my message, but. I'm now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, or I would say in faith. So when you have peace and you have joy, then that'd be okay to do that. But if you don't have peace about something, I wouldn't do it. Amen. See, I'm talking to you now about your own faith life in regards to arguments and stuff like that. You might not think it's imperative, but trust me, it is critical. It is critical. You you know, I hope you'll just get to the point, maybe before I get to the punchline, just forgive everybody of everything right now, and determine in your life like I did about 15 years ago. And there's times I went right up to the border of not doing this. And the Lord said, "Uh -uh, Michael, you said you wouldn't do that. Okay, just hold my peace. Because then I didn't want to come up to an emergency five or ten minutes later and ended up where my faith won't work because I don't have a clean conscience. Am I making sense, or can you follow me? I'm just trying. I'm not saying you're all in arguments and strifes, but I'm trying to keep you out of that. And I'd like to tell you, there's nothing else coming, but there's a whole lot of other stuff coming on this planet. And that's why I preach faith to you—not in this church for 35 years, and a couple other churches for another five or eight. Yeah, I've been preaching faith for over 40 years. And somebody asked me, "What do you think about that?" I said, "That's what I've been preaching faith for 40 years, because so oh, people are going to learn how to deal with their life in in a setting like this." I don't know about you, I'm living in Goshen. Goshen was the place right next to Egypt where all the plagues were, but it didn't come to the Goshen people because they were God's covenant people and they were blessed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. You know. So the key to operating in faith is having peace about it and joy about it. In other words, if God says don't do that, don't do that. If he says don't go there, don't go there. If he says don't say that, don't say that. If you're going to violate all those things, then you get in a trauma deal where they give you two months to live, and you're scrambling to get in faith and calling me and what and everything else, and I can't put you back together all the time. You're going to have to put yourself together some. I'll use my faith with you to overcome it, but I'm not living your life either. So if you pay attention tonight, I'm telling you as a prophet, it'll just keep you out of a lot of darkness coming. Don't have to be afraid by that comment. <laughs> but I tell you what else is humming? The biggest revival you've ever seen is coming to this point. And it's already begun. All right. Now let's go to James a minute. James chapter 3. This is just a little extra message. If I was taking an offering, I'd be doing something anyway like this, you know, but not talking about this probably. James 3, and let's go over here to where verse 16. Uh, Let's go back to verse 14 here. James 3 14. I'm just about done on this section here, but I want to tell you something. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, notice if you have bitter envying, and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. Quit being envious of other people. Well, I don't understand why that got promoted and I didn't. Well, I don't know either, but there's got to be a reason. Do you ever think of that? And the reason has to be corrected from your side or my side of it, not somebody else's side. You know, people are jealous over singing. People are jealous over instruments. People can play instruments and those who don't and can't, wish they could but don't, whatever. You know, I'm just talking. Quit comparing yourself with other people. You're going to be in big trouble doing this. Either come out arrogant and boastful or you come out being beat up and bitter because you, you know, whatever. This wisdom, this bitterness stuff and envying, this wisdom descendeth not from above, it doesn't come from God, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, this is why I'm getting to this strife in our life. Where envying and strife is, there's confusion. And my footnote, I've had this Bible for years. I'd never looked in the footnote under uh, confusion. In the Greek it says, uh, tumult or unquietness. When you're in strife all the time, whoever you're in strife with, there's unquietness to your soul and your spirit. You're tormented. You're irritated. You're easily irritated. You're ready to go off on anybody and everybody. Where envying strife is, there is confusion. Look at it. And every evil work. See, don't do that. We don't want to be those kind of people that have every evil work. What does the Bible say? Let me just shut to the chase a minute. Matthew 7, 1. I'm not going there, but it says, Judge not, lest you be judged. With the same measure you judge somebody, be turned around back on you. I think Jesus said, if you try and look, take that speck out of that guy's eye, won't you take that toothpick out of yours or that lead pencil, number two? <laughs> I'm just paraphrasing, but that's what he said. So quit judging everybody else. Hallelujah. Now, praise the Lord. Let me see here. Let me, let me, and I wanted to read this to you, and I'm still in this first section here about repenting and not being at strife. Now, this. This is my prophecy, and you know when I read that back in Timothy about being a prophet, the gift of the prophets in me, I didn't ask for it. God gave it to me. I really didn't want it at the time, be honest, because I realize what all that's going to entail for me is a lot of extra work and a lot more criticism. And if you don't know my heart, I'd make you mad tonight. But I'm not trying to. I'm trying to keep you out of, you know, being tormented your whole life. But what I was going to say is we, I gave this prophecy in this church, Diana, my wife, broken tongues, and I interpreted last May 2019. That was about a year ago. And and, I, and it's been on my website. I don't know how long I put it on there. It's been on there for quite a while. And I'm just, I'm, again, I'm not rebuking. Just pay attention. If you're interested in who I am and what I'm doing, go to my website. Occasionally there will be something like this that would have helped you if you read it and if you did it. It's, believe me, I'm going to get better as I go tonight with you. Just, I'm going to rub your hair back the way it was. <laughs> Who is going to tell you this if I don't? That's right. Tell us. Jordan's a pastor. He, you know, He's a shepherd. I've got a little edge on me. I'm not justifying being a fleshly person. No. I don't mean that to, to attack people. I'm not attacking. But now I want to read you this. This has been on our website for a year. And people say, even some of my sons, they've never even heard it. They've never even been on there to read it. And I didn't put it on the website at first. My wife said she was reading this, and the next month we got, I don't have it with me, Brother Copeland's newsletter that was on the same thing. Same thing. Exact scriptures. Okay. So I was, I was hitting it before, you know, I mean, he may have knew it before then too, but that's when he published it in his newsletter. He's telling all the prophets the same thing. Yeah, telling all the prophets. God does nothing, but he shows his prophets first. Hallelujah. And Daniel 12 and 4 in the Amplified says his prophets are going to be, give you purpose in these last days. It's going to be great. So, you know, just talking to you. But this is what I marked it in pink, the part I wanted to read. And it should have told us things were coming because this is what it says. Cast you all your cares on me, saith the Lord, yourself, for your family, for this church, for the future, for this nation. The best days of this nation are yet ahead, saith the Lord. The money will come for the visions you have. The money will come for the churches you oversee. The money will come for the ministries you are in charge of. The money will come for you personally as you fall in love with me and draw close to me and live close to me, saith the Lord. So that should have gave us a clue. If we're to cast all the care on him, there must be something coming to shake our care, to get us into worry and anxiety and frustration. How many are listening to me? All right. He said, let me find it here. Uh, For my spirit is in you to lead you and guide you. And don't forget to rely on him, talking about Jesus, to lead in every arena of your life. For he desires to give you purpose. He desires to give you strength. He desires to give you direction. Even in the tiniest of details, says the spirit of God. So roll your care on me today, knowing that I'm working in your behalf. Then I skip a little part, and then it says this. We shall prevail. Truth shall reign. The churches shall rise up in this nation even in a greater measure. On. Yeah. Revivals on the horizon. Revivals here. Yeah. It's beginning and you will see it come to pass. Yeah. Then I drop down another paragraph and I say, "Now, this is the Holy Ghost speaking through me. Now don't be disturbed. For the or the unbeliever or those who say they believe but really don't believe it will disturb you." But if you don't ha- it doesn't have to be that way, saith the Spirit of God. It doesn't have to be that way. You rely on me. You stay in my word until my word is in you. And when my word is in you, the truth will speak through you, and the truth will light you up, and you will go forth in victory and strength and enjoyment and power and peace will be on you. I mean, if this isn't a prophecy that's taking place right now from last year to this, then it goes on. Many will crumble in this day, but let it not be said of us. Let it not be said of us here, that means this church, let it not be said of you that are submitted to that, but rather you fought the good fight of faith and you live by faith, the best you know, and as you learn more, you will be required to know more. So just receive faith, receive the word, receive this word today, and it will stop a lot of things that trouble your mind. Some have said, what about the economy? They weren't hearing that last year, it was the best it had ever been in the world as far as we know. Especially in our country of course Doc Sumrall says it moves around the planet, the money and the wealth, anyway. that's another thing. But anyway, uh, said, let me find my place here., uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, some have said, "What about the economy, and what about it? And what about our government? What about it? What about this and that? about it? What, what about it? saith the Lord. I'm in control and I'm moving. And if I'd have thought I'd have had this printed for you before you came, but I don't. So you just wait till next week or go on my website and you can look it up. The church website, go to MJM. It's on there in its fullness. You've got to blow it up to me. But see, I thought that was just something. Now what I want to pray for, I want to get into the real stuff I want to talk about. But I want you to say this with me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father forgive me forgive for, being for being opinionated and being mad, being mad. and being in strife. Or being argumentative, and I ask you to forgive me now. In the name of Jesus, I'm believing you. I'm trusting you that you're going to help me to stay out of that arena of strife and uh, and, and contention and arguments, because I don't want every evil work. And I plead the blood of Jesus over anything I have done or said or thought that was contrary to your word. And I believe you now to walk in the fullness of what you have for me. Yeah, victory and peace and strength for to overcome. Amen. Praise God. That help us? Helps me. You know, helps, I think it helps all of us. Now, what I want to talk to you tonight about, well, I just talked to you, didn't I? But Hebrews chapter 1. Let's go over here again. And I know people say, well, I've heard that before. But don't take that attitude. Don't say that in your head because then you won't get anything. Talk to you about angels, personal angels. One of the things they mainly do is protect you. One of their primary functions, not all, there's different functions. I have eight or nine or ten angels that work with me regularly, even some more. I don't know what every one of them do, but most of them that I know about, they have a particular area where they're anointed, and then I just read of an article, I think I heard it actually on 700 Club, about a lady that the baby disconnected <clears throat> from the the cord there, I believe it was, and the baby went without oxygen for a long period of time. They had to give take it C-section, and they said, well, we're sorry. You know, your child is just deprived of oxygen too long, and all the nutrients it didn't have the last little bit for you, we had to take the baby so we could try to save you and the baby. And she said, well, you know, I had a dream. You just do what you can do. I believe God's at work in this. And she had a dream and she saw four angels appear. And, the, and one of them picked up the baby and he had a certain thing that fixed something in the baby. He handed it to another angel and the angel did his work in the baby that fixed something else. He handed it to a third angel and to a fourth angel. And they came back to her in a few hours and said, well, your, your baby's completely normal. What happened? <laughs> Well, angels, they're healing in that particular scenario, but they are given one of the primary things they do to help us is they protect us. You know, I was reading today, I think, say with me in Hebrews 1, but I think it's John 20, and it says when Thomas, you know, Thomas, he didn't believe Jesus had come, and he said, well, I I didn't see it, so I'm not going to believe it. And Jesus said, blessed are those that have not seen and yet believed. Now, Pastor Jordan talked to you about blessing. This is another element of the reason you're not blessed is you don't believe. You have to believe in things you can't see to be blessed. (laughs) Because when you start out, normally you're not rich and you're not healed and you're not sound in your mind at all. And emotionally you're derailed when you first come to Christ. Most of us were. Even if you had some education, you're still no count. Because all those areas were tore up. So, see, we're. See, said blessed as though. See, you know. You say, well, I've never seen an angel. You don't have to see an angel for angels to work with you. Yeah, right. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yes. I do, but that's just part of my mantle that goes with me, ever since I was a young boy, even. But. Anyway, you don't have to see anything, but it's important that you believe in what you can't see, but what the Bible says you have, and you have angels assigned to you. So let's read Hebrews one fourteen just quickly, and we'll go to some other passages. Are they not all ministering spirits, talking about the angels, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now this is my point I think I'm in liberty to say this of 40 years of studying this subject. I'd like to read it this way Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are the heirs of salvation? Amen. And if he would minister, have angels help minister to me when I was not, I was a drug addict, I was in a lot of difficult settings back then because of violence and gun carrying people, including myself. And it's a wonder I ever got through it without getting killed or killing somebody. And I know the angels were working back then, but see, that's, he, they're working on me to get me to salvation. How much more would they be involved with me now that I'm a son and a daughter to God? I'm talking to all of you. Yes. And they want to be involved in your life. This word minister here, another translation says, they've been sent forth to render service to those who are the heirs of salvation. So I want to talk to you a little bit tonight just for a few more minutes about personal angels. I like the word personal. People use guardian. That's okay, too. But let me show you the only reference I know where it talks about guardian angels. It's in Daniel chapter 4. If you want to turn there with me, or you could just, uh, you know, you could just uh, uh, wait and just take notes and mark the scriptures down. Daniel 4. And it's Nebuchadnezzar who was an ungodly man at the time. But he's having dreams and visions, and he says here, In Daniel 4, 13, 13, 17, and 23, I'll read those. I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed, so he's in bed at night. He has a vision. He sees something. And behold, a watcher and a holy one come down from heaven. So he is having this vision, and he's seeing this holy being coming down, and he's called a watcher. Now, in the Hebrew, the word watcher is guardian. Then verse 17, I'm not going to explain everything. I just want you to see that angels are watching you, but that won't help you if that's all they do. I'm going to get to something in a minute that's going to be important. This matter, verse 17, same person saying, this matters by the decree of the watchers, so the watchers must have said something to him, and the demand by the word of the holy ones. But again, he calls them watchers. Verse 23, and whereas the king saw a watcher, and a holy one coming down from heaven. So in Daniel's account, we've got these angelic beings coming out of the realm of the spirit, and he's seeing them in a vision at nighttime while he's in his bed, and he said they're watchers. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. You follow me so far? So the angels are watching, and this is a heathen man. How much more for us that are part of the body of Christ? So if they're watching people like that, they'd definitely be watching us. Hallelujah. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians 4 and 9, For I think that God set forth us, the apostles, or we could say the ministry, or the fivefold ministry. He said specifically the apostles, but it could be other ministry gifts. Last, last as it were, appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. That word spectacle means, in the Greek word there is Theater. Now it has it in my footnote here in a little uh, little inset in the middle between two sides of the pages that it's theater. But I went to the Greek New Testament to be sure they knew what they were talking about and that's the word they're used. It's a theater. What do you do when you go to a theater? What are you doing tonight? You're looking at me and you're listening to me. What do you do if you go to your children's third grade production at school or a church thing when we've got kids on the platform? We're all looking and listening. So the angels then are looking at us because we have become a theater to them. They're watching us and they're listening. They're listening for words that would come that they could act on. Jordan taught us this morning, Jesus only is going to agree with his word, not with other things you say that don't agree. When you say I'm dumb, it don't ever work out for me. I mean, I feel like cussing instead of saying that, but I'm just giving that as an illustration. Don't ever say you're dumb. I felt like that most of my life and finally got over it. And I tell you why I got over it. I was trying to write that book. That's what I said. And I didn't write it for over 20 years. And then Dad got my life, Dr. Frank, book on angels. And I still didn't write it. After two years, he quit talking to me about it. I said, Lord, I don't know how to write a book. And he he gave me a one-word answer. You know, when he gives me one-word answers, I know he's not too happy. He said, learn. He didn't say, learn, Michael, I love you. He said, learn. And that was it. I said, do you want to talk about it anymore? Nope. Learn. So when he said that, I realized I could do anything if I'm willing to be taught. Man, that's a good word. That's a good word for me. <laughs> Listen, you can learn to do whatever God tells you to do. So the angels are looking at us and watching us and listening for our words that need to come to us. So let's go back to Genesis 48 a minute. You're still here, right? And I know you think, well, is that the only thing you ever teach on? No, but we don't have this down yet, in my opinion. So we need to continue to teach the reality of angels are part of our redemption. They didn't die for us like that part of redemption, only Jesus could do. But they're essential in redemption, meaning deliverance from temporary evils. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you. (laughs) What would that woman have done if those four angels hadn't appeared to her in a dream? And healed her baby. She would have had a funeral. And the angels healed her baby. Had healing properties, four different ones. And I've I've heard stories like that all over the world. Different, all kinds of stuff. I mean, one time I was teaching this thirty, probably twenty five to thirty years ago, and a guy told me that he'd gotten divorced and he had his daughter with him for a day and they went around a corner. That's where you use seat belts. and the door slid open and she slid out and they're going around a curve and he said, Jesus. He tried to grab her and he missed her. He tried to get around. He, she's sitting out in midair like this, parallel with the car. And all of a sudden, somebody sh- shoved her back in and slammed the door while they're going against that. That'll make your hair stand up like how Howard. Like <laughs> Charles Caps, He's got a burr, you know. Blah. Yeah, all kinds of supernatural events happening. So now this is the story of Jacob or Israel, he's called. Let's pick it up in verse 14. I'm talking about what? personal, Your personal angel, not mine, yours. I've got one too, but you have one. Everybody has one. Uh, verse 14, and Israel stretched out his right hand, that's Jacob, and Later upon Ephraim, that's his grandson Ephraim. And his other hand upon Manasseh, that's another grandson. And and he blessed Joseph, that's his son, who brought two of his sons to Grandpa to bless him. And he said, uh, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil. Now, think about this man. This is an old man. This is Genesis people. They're not, they don't know nothing about praying in tongues. Are you kidding? Or the gifts of the Spirit. (laughs) They knew more about angels than most people do in churches I go preach this in. He said, this angel has delivered me my whole life long. And he's a very elderly man, over 100 years old. I forget exactly how old he was at that moment. And he said, the angel delivered me from all evil. That includes sickness and disease. Is evil. Not the people who are sick are evil, but the disease itself is evil. Just like the coronavirus or any other virus. It's all evil. If it's destroying humanity, it's evil. It doesn't come from God. God doesn't have any sickness and disease in heaven. We're not going have to deal with that up there. We've got to deal with it down here. And we can because we're blessed. And then he says, this angel will bless the lads. He's commissioning his angel to bless his grandchildren. Now, my whole point in saying this, here's an old, old man. He's getting ready to go home, and he makes this comment at the end of his long life. And part of the reason I'm convinced now that he had a long life, not the whole reason, but a part of it, because all these men were human. You, they, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to say it, their mistakes and their bloopers are in here too. <laughs> you know, David was a great king, a great warrior, but he did commit adultery and had her husband murdered. So I know, I know he's in heaven, though, so God must have forgave him. And I'm sure he, stro- he strove with that his whole life, I bet, in the innermost part of him, unless he got a hold of things by the blood of the lamb back then. How many are listening to me? All right. Just trying to help you. So, But, but these people knew something about these angels. And here he said, I've had a long life and the angel has delivered me or redeemed me. I would say a better word for redeemed is delivered me from all evil. Hallelujah. These angels want to be involved in, with us and help us. Let's go to Psalm 34. I'm doing pretty good on time and you're listening better than I'm preaching, I think. <laughs> I'm giving you a comment. Giving you the blessing. 34-7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivers them. Now, this is a tremendous passage. And this is, I call it the qualifier for our angelic help. At least in some areas, it's a qualifier. and And let me read you what the Passion Bible, the same verse says. The angel stooped down to listen as I prayed, encircling me, empowering me and showing me how to escape, they will do this for everyone who fears God. If you reverence God in your life, fear doesn't mean I'm afraid of God. I, that's, not, that's, that's not good fear. That's bad fear. God's my father. I mean, if I've, even if I've done something terrible, I don't want to run away from him. I want to run to him. <laughs> you remember the prodigal son and the other son, the elder son? It was The elder son, his problem was legalism. The other son was, I'm rich. I'm going to go party my life away. Shoot dope and be with other people and just party, party. And then he was eating, you know, in the pig slop before he got finished. And he said, I got to go back home. Even the the people who work for my dad would, I mean, it's better than this. And the Bible says when his father saw him afar off, he didn't sit on the porch with his arms crossed saying, what's this bum doing? No, he took off running towards the boy that had been estranged from him for a long time because he loved him. And he grabbed him and kissed him and hugged him and put the new robe on him, put the ring of authority back on his finger. And they said, well, let's party. Kill the fatted calf. And they're dancing. You know, this is my point. Your father loves you. And this verse here, it tells us a little bit about how we can qualify for angelic help. So the first thing is to have a reverence for God. And the word encamp here means to encircle us or surround us. So the angels want to encircle us. Like we were singing, he's around me, he's beside me, he's behind me, he's in front. I did a study on that one time, and he's got us all covered. Over our head, under our feet, around us, and everything. But the angels want to do that. And then let me tell you something else here. It says, around fear them, and delivereth them. This word deliver means to escape wholly. You know, you can escape wholly from whatever viruses are out there. Yeah. Now, when I'm talking, I'm going to put this addendum in. At least some of you legalistic people don't hear me. You don't hear anything I'm saying. I'm not happy that people have died with this. And I realize there's some sorrow out there for families that succumb to that. But you know, people have been dying ever since I've been born. I'm just trying to learn how to live. Dying's the easy part, living's the trick living in the blessing, living whole, living well, living delivered, living free from evil, free from torment, free from the devil, free from demons, free from lack, free from poverty, free from sickness. That's what I'm trying to teach you. I'm not not taking issue that people have suffered. It's real, but it has no part in my life, so I'm not talking about it and thinking about it every day I live. I'm thinking about I'm kept by the power of God through my faith. I'm living in Goshen, which is a type of being protected in God's covering. See, you got to think like that. Those plagues were real in Egypt, baby. They, I mean, and they escalated when Pharaoh kept saying no. It got stronger and stronger, and he could have just said, "Okay, I'll let you go after the first plague," and just would have saved him a lot of devastation. But, you know, get hard-hearted. You just say no to God like that and just keep saying no. And, keep, and pretty soon there's no way to stop things. Not because God's doing it, but you open the door to the devil. Remember strife and every evil work starts coming when we're in contention and arguments and striving and envying and all that kind of. Get that out of your life. Don't even. I mean, that's deadly. Yeah. We talk about a virus being deadly. Brother, that's deadly, deadly when you're in strife. Well, you may not make it home in your car. No, I'm not threatening you. I'm just telling you. I know what I'm talking about. If you're going to live for God, live for God and live in Him. And when you do make a mistake or you get upset about something, repent either to the person, to yourself or to God and straighten up yes. so you can live on. Yes. God wants everybody here to live a long life. Yes. He don't even want you to go home with sickness and disease. Yes. We saw a lady on TV the other day, Diana said, "My, you know, her mom, Mimi, uh, she, she was 100 years old. Just last, her birthday was 14th of May, she would have been 100. 14th of May, Mimi would have been 100 years old if she'd lived. there's a lady on TV, A on 100 years old, talking about it. She, her mom was in the Spanish flu back in 1918 18. in the in in, in 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 United States. Uh-huh. And that killed several millions of people she around the world. lasted for three years. So 19, for three years. Are you listening? You know, and I love Mimi. She's a wonderful lady. But we sit down to eat breakfast one day. I'm going to tell this just quickly. Michael, you think I ought to have that surgery on my knee? I said, Mom, I'm not going to tell you because I don't know. If I had a word, I'd tell you. But let me tell you what I do know. Don't do it unless you're sure God told you to have it. I didn't point my finger at her with my eyebrows down either, but I said, Don't do it, Mom. Listen, because I knew what she was thinking. Let me just help you here. She's thinking, I'm getting old and I'm decrepit and I can't get around very good and I got to ask the kids to help me more and more and I, she already had the master bedroom downstairs we gave her that with a big master bath and all I said mom I'll buy you one of those motorized scooters and I'll put in a ramp in the garage and just live with us the rest of your life I said, no you're not an imposition to us we love you don't do it for us don't do it unless you're sure you're supposed to do it and she went in there she never came back out 47 days later she Gave it up. Everything was wrong with her. I mean, she'd been taking medication. It made a, uh, what do you call it, An ulcer in her stomach. And when she had the stress of the surgery on her knee, that burst open and put all the contents into her cavity. Her heart, her lungs, her liver, everything got contaminated. And she laid in IU, ICU for 46 or 7 days. I saw the bill it came to my house, $640,000. But she was so... Rich in insurance, her husband, thank God for Lee, he was already in heaven 30 years prior, but he'd got her so covered we didn't have to pay anything. Now, see, she could have lived. That's my whole point to you. I didn't tell that to blame her. I told it, told you to tell. That's the same thing advice I'd give anyone. If you don't know what to do to do something like that, don't do it. <laughs> Figure it out. God's not, he's, he could speak to you. He doesn't need sign language. He can speak and you can hear him. You can hear him. My sheep hear my voice. You need to be saying that a lot. But anyway, we're talking here about uh, being delivered in this verse through the angels. And this is interesting. It says that the, the word uh, to, to escape wholly, to deliver fully, or to liberate. The word liberation means to free from dominion by a foreign power. And I wrote out beside that an unseen virus. I'm delivered from all those unseen viruses. I don't care what in the name they put on it. I'm delivered from it. And there's other stuff coming. But why do you think, why are you going to talk about that? I don't. I'm trying to get on track here. But you know, you're not going to have, you are not going to have live in a planet. You could have heaven on earth, but the whole earth's not going to have heaven on earth because they don't love God and they're not blessed and they don't want to live for God. They want to do their own thing, baby. And that's going to get you in trouble. If, you, if your thing is not His thing and your mind's not renewed to His plan, then you'll do your own plan, then you're on your own. It isn't that God don't love you. He loves you as much as the perfect the person's in the perfect will of God, but He can't help you if you don't listen. I'm getting to be like Dr. Hagan. I feel like nobody listens to me sometimes. I try to tell people they don't listen. All right, so... Liberation. We've been liberated. The angels liberate us and free us from dominion by a foreign power. Think about that. Now, let's go to Psalm 91 here. Is this okay? I want you to be conscious when we're done here tonight. I'm going to pray over those claws in a few minutes. I want to talk to you a little further about angels and then at least one scripture on prayer claws. But Psalm 91, let me just read verse 1 for start. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Some people say, well, how do you think that's interpreted? I think this verse 1 means I'm living mighty close to God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in His shadow. I don't let Him get away from me and I don't get wander away from Him. That's the way I would put it. And in the Amphi this first verse, at the end of it says, a, you're in a place where no foe can withstand that power. Because God's power is on you, and he can't deal with that. The devil can't. But then he says, I will say of the Lord, verse 2, He's my refuge and my fortress. See, you need to say things like that. Lord, you're my refuge. Lord, you're my fortress. You're my God, and in you will I trust. Trusting you, Jesus. Yeah, I'm trusting you, Jesus. Yeah, And say these things. Let's move on up to verse 10 here. Verse 7 might be good to know that a thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come near you. Verse 10 there shall no evil that would include sickness and disease befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Let me find my other reference here I'm not over there yet. I think I got Psalm 91 right here. Uh, When, verse 9 and 10, when we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? (laughs) If you're living close to God, no disease can infect you. Now, I'm not criticizing anybody. I've been sick too. And if I'm sick and I can't get it supernaturally, which I can't, but if I'm lagging for some reason... I go to the doctor. I just make sure I don't go to just any doctor, though I try to go where I know I can get some help. Yeah. How could evil prevail against us? How could evil prevail against us? We're in the shadow of the most high God. I mean, there's not any higher power. He's the most high. He's the most high. And says, God sends angels. I'm reading from the Passion still. God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. Or even if you, you'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. That's some strong meat there. Yeah, praise God. Think about that. These angels. Now, Here in Psalm 91, let me find my reference from the King Jimmy here. Verse 11, he shall give his angels charge over you. I just read that out of there. To keep you in all your ways. And this here says he'll keep you. And the word keep in the Hebrew means to keep safe, to protect, or to preserve. These angels know how to preserve us. And that you've heard me say this for years, and this is where I got it. I looked up Preserve in Webster's. You say, why would you do that? Well, Noah Webster was a Christian, and somebody bought me a big original, what do you call it, edition of his dictionary. It's about that thick. It weighs about 40 pounds. It's a huge book. But under that, he gives definitions, and he puts scriptures in there under his definitions. And so I look at that and it said preserve meant to keep safe from injury, harm, or destruction. How many have ever heard me say the angels keep me safe from all injury, harm, and destruction? That's where I got that. Right out of the Webster's based on the Hebrew word that's keep. And then it turns into preserve, to keep safe, to protect. So the angels want to preserve you, want to keep you, want to help you. Your whole life. Your long life. Now listen to me. Some of you people are a lot younger than me. I'm only 70. I can see myself easily going to 100 now. But nonetheless, I may get tired and want to go on home someday. I don't know. But my point is, I will go home someday. I know that. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I started thinking about this when I was 35 or 40. And I said to myself, I'm not going to wait till I'm 60 and 70 or 80. I may not even get there if I don't get this figured out right now. I'm believing and dreaming about getting older and becoming stronger. Yeah. Dr. Summerall was 80, 85 years old, flying all over the world in his jet and coming back home to preach up in South Bend, Indiana for a year. He'd go to Africa on Monday, he'd be back home. Next Sunday, go to India the next week, go to Pakistan the next week, go to England and Europe, and he'd been in Siberia. There's a picture of him over in Abacon where I was. He'd been there to preach in that church with Same Pastor hotel. Rousselon. Same hotel, you stayed. Same hotel I stayed in the first time. It wasn't much of a hotel. <laughs> anyway, hallelujah. And Eh, don't tell that. <laughs> see, the angels want to preserve you. And see, if you learn this and start dreaming a big dream, yeah. things don't have to stay like the, Believe me, Doc Summerall said even good or bad, nothing ever stays the same forever. Yeah. So we need to be thinking on the good things and moving ahead. Now, let's go to Daniel 10. Let me get, this is another clue, and I'm just about done. Daniel 10, verse 12. It seems like I'm just about, done. I haven't preached in two months. You're lucky I let you go before midnight. Come on now. It's only 7.15 on the clock in the back. Hallelujah. See, the angels want to take care of you. I'm going to add this in before I tell this to Daniel. I just got some revelation about this recently. Just shared a little tidbit. If you saw me, how many saw my angel snippet on video for nine minutes? One two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, three. about a tenth of you you ought to get you can come on my website Mjm under church on the rock Indiana go down to MJm push that and it's on it said nine minutes it's about angels and protection it's kind of what I'm teaching you right now but I began to see something because I I think I called Katie up the Ziegler's daughter Katie Ziegler and talked to her as well as doctor over here and his wife and Somebody else in nursing here, I don't remember who the fourth person was, but, oh, Laura, Lowry, not Laura, Kara, Lowry. I called them all privately and just talked to them about the blood and about the angels. But Katie was the one I talked to first. And I said, isn't it true that all pathogens are carried by the wind? She said, yes, sir. And I told her this on the phone that day. I said, well, the Bible says the devil's the prince and power of the air. That's how he spreads that. He blows it around on the planet and it gets contagious with people, like contagion, like a contagious disease. However, my Bible says in Hebrews 1, now just listen to me. Hebrews 1 and 7 says he makes his angels spirits, but I've felt quickened of the Holy Ghost to look that word up in the Greek. And it says he makes his angels winds and swift winds. And then I went to Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. It says that then shall the messenger of the covenant come, Jesus, with healing in his wings. Now, I don't think Jesus had real wings, but he's given us a clue. There's air currents around you all the time. The angels are blowing things away from you before things can get to you. All the uh, evil pathogens. (laughs) Yeah. I've been in all kinds of hospital rooms, people with AIDS and all kinds of stuff that they said was deadly. Of course, I did what they asked me to do. If I put a mask on, I put it on, put gloves on. But I'd also prayed for a lot of people without any protection in hospitals over the, my lifetime. Never caught anything. A lot of times they caught a healing. <laughs> or a deliverance just talking. So when you think about air and stuff and I said to Katie over the phone, I just came to me while I was talking to her. I said, "Do you ever think about when the Bible says they came out of Egypt? There's a verse in Exodus somewhere that came out two companies. What does that mean? That means a company of humans came out and a company of angels came out with them. And when they got to the Red Sea, that angel blocked the army until they got across on what did it say? Dry ground. Now let me ask you a, a little comment. If somebody went down and dredged the Ohio River do you think it'd be muddy? Yeah definitely it'd be muddy because it's been in water for years but that was dried out. I wonder if those angels went by and went or just flapped their wings. God got his hair dryer out. <laughs> they went on dry ground. Think about it. There's lots of things I'm thinking about lately. I never thought about it. So the angels, though, uh, they're winds. And they're blowing constantly things away from us to keep us free from those things. All right. Praise God. Now, Daniel 10, verse 12. Then said he unto me, the angels talking to Daniel, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, and to chasten yourself or humble yourself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Notice the angel tells Daniel, I'm standing here talking to you because of what you said. Now, I know people want to argue with me. I've had people do that my whole life. And I just don't argue with people. And the person I'm thinking about, they're in heaven now. I'm sure God told him. Remember that time you argued with Dr. Jacobs about that? I don't know if he'll do that for me, but Anyway. She said, well, I, don't, I, don't, I heard you teach that. That was way back in the basement at Franklin's when that happened. Brother Les was there in that Bible study. Somebody, you know, I can tell when people come up to them, they got their Bible open, and uh, like a nod of smile on them, they're wanting to fight about something. <laughs> and she said, uh, well, I just don't believe that. I said, what kind of Bible you got? She says, King Jimmy. I said, well, open it up, and you read it out of your Bible. Same verse. She read it, yeah, I don't believe that. I said, well, then I can't help you, lady. You just refuted the word of God. Nobody, can. Jesus can't even help you now until you start accepting what he said. See, people want to say, well, God sent him, but he didn't send him until Daniel's words came up there and got him. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel's words. Yeah. Listen, you got authority you had never even thought of yet. Amen. The devil's so afraid you're going to rise up and have some authority over him, he yeah. is just shaking in his boots. Yeah. You have authority. You're not a sub heir. You're a joint heir with Jesus. So what I'm trying to share in a simple way, your words are controlling their activity. You could send them on a mission to do something, which I do quite frequently, and also send them to bring them back to protect me when I need them. And my personal angel stays with me all the time. Because he's assigned to me. He's not assigned to Diana. Not assigned to Jordan. Not assigned to Jessica. They have their own angels. Are you listening to me? <laughs> okay. So your words, what should you say? How about no weapon formed against me will prosper? How about I'm delivered from every evil work and preserved, Second Timothy 4, unto every, uh, preserved under the heavenly kingdom, which we've been saying for many years now. I'm delivered from every evil work. Sometimes it don't look like it, don't feel like it. I just say it anyway. I don't care if it makes the devil mad or not. I like to make him mad. I like to ruffle his feathers. He don't want nothing to do with me when I start doing that kind of stuff. Now, if I get into the mully grubs and start complaining and murmuring and, and, and poor old me and I'm not this and I'm not that, instead of saying like Jordan taught us this morning what I am in those scriptures, I'm the righteousness of God and I'm in Christ Jesus and, and in Him I live and move and have my being Amen. and I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me stuff like that alright praise God so begin to pick up your speech and say you know when you get up in the morning say father I release the angels that have charge over me today to keep me safe from all injury harm and destruction and you know what they'll do they'll do just that they'll do just that they'll do just what you say I've I'm just being honest with you. I'm not bragging about anything. I never had an angel talk back to me yet. Never. 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 If I'm speaking the word, they're subject to the word. And in particular, they're subject to my words, the angels that are assigned to Michael Jacob, They're assigned to my, they don't move on your words. They move on my words because they're, I'm, in their territory, so to speak, and in, in my mantle of a prophet and other things too. But nonetheless, it still works for everybody the same in your personal angel. He's assigned to you. All right, let's let's take one other scripture now about prayer clause here. I don't have much time. I used as much as sixty minutes. That's pretty good for me. For not too much, man. Go to Acts nineteen with me, please, and uh, we're going to look at a verse here. Acts nineteen. And verse uh, 10 and, uh, let's see, in verse 11 and 12 here, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So, you know, when I used to read this, I'm thinking, well, how did he get these handker- cross, ha- handkerchiefs and stuff blessed? Because he touched them. Now, I could take you over to Matthew where it says, as many as touched the hem of his garment was made whole. They didn't touch Jesus. They touched his clothing. Touched his clothing. And here it says the garments were ministered to by Paul. God wrought, God did it, special miracles by the hand. I think a miracle is special, but this is extra. It says extraordinary miracles, some say in the Greek, by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. People got delivered and they got healed through these prayer cloths. Now, you know, my preference would be to lay hands on you and pray for you that way, but there's Melvin back in the back. He told me, you told me a testimony, Melvin, three or four or five years ago, you I, you were sick at home with something, pneumonia or something, I don't remember, is that right? Yeah, and somebody brought you a prayer cloth from me, you laid it, and it, the, the pneumonia left you? Yeah, and the next day, and you carried that handkerchief or put it somewhere, and then two or three years later, you had something with your back. If I remember, because you wrote me a letter about it, and put that same prayer cloth on your back and woke up healed. Is that right? <laughs> it must have an ability to contain something. Of course, I get all cotton handkerchiefs, you know, because you can't, you know, people want to bring you all kinds of a baby shoe or something, but it don't go into shoes that I know of. I've tried to get it to go into other things, but it won't. But it goes into cloth. And now, now listen, this is not spookiness. If you don't want a prayer cloth, I'm not offended. But if you do want one, we're going, to, we're going to release you. Pastor Diane is going to tell about it in a minute. Come by and I'm going to pray over these though for just a minute. I'm going to scoot this out just so I could pray over them. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for the anointing on my life. Oh, Father, I thank you for your precious people here tonight. I pray that this act of faith on my behalf and their behalf as they join me in faith right now that that anointing that's in my hands permeate every cloth here saturate these cloths with your anointing saturate these cloths with your very person saturate these cloths with the anointing of God and Father I'm believing you to do extraordinary miracles through my hands not because I'm special but because you're special and you have deemed it a thing that people could take and put on their body. And diseases would leave them. You didn't even put any uh, uh, dimension on that. You just said diseases left them. And evil spirits came out. So where there were spirits, they left. And where there was disease, it left. And we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. I release my faith and I release this anointing in my hands into these prayer claws in the name of Jesus. Let them be saturated from the top one all the way through to the bottom one. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. Praise God.